Okay, so up next here on the You Ain't Heard Nothing Yet podcast, we have an amazingly talented lady. Her sound has been described as queer indie pop, serenading our souls and tackling issues that are important to her. She has played all across this great land in the Phenomenal Electric Picnic and Glastonbury. She has been heard on radio stations in Ireland and across the UK. And not only that, and not only has a fantastic knack for singing, but also for producing some top quality music videos as well. And even played the last ever Glasgow Berry many moons ago. It is a sensational Susie Blue. Susie, how are you? Hello. I'm all good. How the fuck did you know that about Glasgow Burn? Ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, our sources, our sources, our researchers are very talented here on the podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't at all me deep diving old interviews that I could find that you had done uh, like years ago on the internet. <laughs> at least you did some research, so that's good. Well, that's it. I'm kind of scared now. <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. That was just to make me sound smart. Realistically, that was just. It's, this is all a facade. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> But I suppose, look, just straight out of the bat, um, could you tell us who you are, where you're from, and sort of what do you do with yourself? Um, I'm Susie Blue. I'm a musician, and I am from Derry, currently residing in Belfast. I don't really do much else but music stuff, so that's, I think that's enough. Yeah, without a doubt. And i got to ask you, where did the name Susie Blue come out of? Oh, okay. Funnily enough, no one ever really asked because it's kind of, I guess it's kind of weird. Um, so when I was younger, I've been called Susie Blue since I was probably around three. Right. Um, by my by my family. Um, they still all sign my birthday card, Susie Blue and stuff. Because uh, that's what they've always called me. Uh-huh. And it was, <clears throat> so I was uh, really obsessed with Right. <laughs> when I was younger and my aunt just one day just went uh, Susie, Susie Blue where are you? We've got some work to do now and that was it I don't know and it's stuck there <laughs> no so it, it just sort of stuck from there yeah yeah Hobby days, hobby days. I love that. I, I'm ch- Sean, I definitely think you could do a Scooby impression. I cannot do a Scooby impression. Go on, not, Sean. Go on. <laughs> I cannot do a Scooby impression. This is fake news. Um, so then, what about musically? Was it a similarly? Was that sort of a childhood thing as well? Or was it a skill? Or how did you get into music yourself? Um, I My father played guitar um, around the house. And... I always thought that it was like just the coolest thing that has ever happened. And he would play stuff like uh, the Beach Boys and he would always play House of the Rising Sun. And I remember looking at him playing it and being like, whoa, that is like the hardest thing I've ever seen anyone play. (laughs) And I never thought that I would be able to play it. I was like, this is insane. There's no way I'd ever be able to learn that. Um, and he got me a guitar. My mom and dad got me a guitar when I was nine. And it, he taught me my first uh, three or four chords. And then I went, I just went on from there and just started singing and playing from from then. For play, for play. <clears throat> and from there, I suppose, what about performing or, you know, creating your own music? Did that just come naturally then down the line? Or was there any sort of push in that direction? Or? Um, so there was a... There was a point in time where it would be like one of those things where um, my family knew I kind of like singing. So at like occasions they'd be like, oh, 
what do you hear? What do you hear, Susan Singh? And I would be like, I'd be like, no, thank you. No, I'm okay, thank you. But then at my cousin's wedding, uh, I was, God, I, I don't even know, uh, 14, 15. And she asked me to sing at her wedding. And I was like, yeah, okay, no problem. And I sang at her wedding. I sang Alison Crush, but also Ronan Keenan. Ronan Keaton sang it. What's that song called? Oh, when you say nothing at all. Oh, yeah. That one. <laughs> yeah. You say it best. Um, yeah, that's the one. Um, I sang that, and I remember I was physically shaking while I was singing it. Um, and then I don't know what happened. I just started going to open mic nights in Cafe Del Mondo which was in Derry mm-hmm. and that sort of like just opened up a new world, I guess. Okay. Do you ever play Sandino's in Derry? About 7,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> Some spot though, isn't it? Uh, yeah. it's <clears throat> Honestly, it's one of my favorite places to go when I'm in Derry. And I was in Derry the other day for uh, a, a pre-record of a live uh, gig and I just drove past Sandy Nose and just almost cried because it was closed. I know. Because every time I go, it's my little home and I go sit down there and it's always somebody you know goes in. Um, but I spent at least once a day when I lived in Derry, I was in Sandy Nose and most of my music videos and stuff were shot in Sandy Nose as well. Seriously? Holy fuck, right? It's 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 yeah. a good spot. I uh, I I remember been down in Derry, and a, a friend of mine, the lady I was staying with, took me down. A friend of hers uh, worked in a guy called I think it was Jim Laverty or Jim Roberty, and uh, good skin. And uh, he used to do a bit of work there. And I just fell in love with the place. But uh, yeah, some spot. So I suppose then, who was your like early influences musically? So who did you you know listen to, or who would you have listened to growing up that you were sort of like fuck? I like that sound, or I would like to sort of imitate that, or get my own sort of spin on that sort of thing. Um, I remember. Growing up listening to uh, Christy Moore and Sinead O'Connor mm. and uh, Patsy Klein and Connie Francis. Mm. Um, that was sort of like, I think everybody was kind of forced to listen to what their parents listened to when they were younger. And without even knowing it, they accidentally shaped your musical future. Without a doubt. Um, but I remember hearing Sinead O'Connor sing with Christy Moore on uh, the track The Mad Lady and Me. And she was doing these harmonies and I just, I lost it. I, I don't know what age I was, but I was mesmerized by the fact that that had happened. And then I remember listening to, I was in my godmother's house and the radio was on and the uh, Kill Me Softly was on the radio. The Fuji's Yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, whoa that them lyrics are not i was like how can someone write something like that and i just i think that's when i decided that i wanted to write like these really depressing songs (laughs) (laughs) okay okay well i mean realistically if you're taking your if you're taking your influences from shanine o'connor and from uh, miss lauren hill they're two very good fucking people to be you know to be to be drawn inspiration from you know Mm-hmm. I suppose then off the back of that I suppose when you approach obviously we'll chat in a minute about like some of the different tracks here but when, when you're writing your music and you're approaching like what is your sort of creative process is it 
Is it a sound that you want to try and incorporate? Is it an experience yourself that you want to try and articulate? Where do you approach that? Um, I, I write songs uh, in kind of different ways at different times. I would sometimes think of a drum beat that I would really like and I would want to put that on a song and I would write the whole song around the drum beat. Um, that's kind of actually how People Like Us is written. Um, and then there's other songs where I have a lyric that I've, I've written in my notes in my phone or something and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's like a whole story in a lyric. I could probably write a whole story around that. And then I write the story and the chords come after. And then sometimes I write a little melody and just sing while I play it and the lyrics come out and I just write them down as I'm, as I'm singing along. Fair play, fair play. Well, so I want to ask you about, uh, you know, one of, the last song on your first album, which I think was maybe previously on an EP or previously released as a single, um, People Like Us. And I'm not going to lie, fucking love the tune and it was probably the reason what maybe attracted me to you as an artist um and it's you know the start of it like these sort of thunderous drums and then followed by like such really honest honest lyrics um genuinely blunt question is the song a middle finger to assholes in the north who are you know against the likes of you know equal marriage or you know like lgbtq issues or do you know what i mean is is that is that what the song is or maybe maybe that's you know what the way i've taken it homophobes yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it kinda is. Uh from my perspective, it is directed at people who are homophobic, transphobic, um, and that's how I see it. It was written so that whoever sang it, it it was it was for them. So if like a woman singing it at a at a rally who wants to say they don't like people like us, they don't like women, yeah. then that's what it means. If it's a gay person singing it at an equal marriage uh, rally, then it's 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 for that. It's to say they don't like they don't like gay people. It was kind of written as an as a sort of an outlet for anybody who just wanted to sort of scream into the abyss because that's kind of what I do when I sing it. So that's what I kind of wrote for, I guess. I think there's a really lovely moment in the music video where um, they're at the end where the person's been beat up and a, a queen comes over and, and sort of comes, just sort of takes her in. And it's just like, you know, like, you know, it's OK. You know, I've got you. And it's a really when I was watching it, I was like, oh, I didn't tear up. like, But I was I was touched like because I thought this is a very, very powerful, powerful music video um, with a very, very powerful song. And <clears throat> pardon me. Is that something that you know you consciously do when you're when you're you know creating your music and and your art? You know you're bringing like really good visuals that you know completely complements you know really hard hitting songs. I'm always drawn to music videos. I think that if I like a song, I go straight for the music video to see if there is one, and I am able to fall in love with that song all over again because I get to see what the artist meant when they when they wrote it um and i i love film i love writing stories um in music and then putting them out visually because i don't think there's enough queer art out there in general anyway because i didn't see any of it when i was growing up uh i had to watch like the same three movies over and over and over again which were highly sexualized and just 
they weren't for kids. Like, like, little queer kids can't watch that shit. Uh, Like, Fingersmith and Pip in the Velvet. It was like, (laughs) it was on the BBC. It was like about, it was like a period drama. It's always a period drama as well. Always lesbian stories are always period dramas, which are weird. Um, But they're great pieces of work, but they're not for kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're not for teenagers and I like to write little little gay stories and film them so that people can watch them and that I can watch them because I never got to see them either. So I'm creating art for myself, I suppose. I mean, it, it's a case of like, and it's, it's very admirable actually when you, when, when you say that in the sense that you're creating content, you know, not just for yourself because you love doing it and you're good at it, but you're creating content to like make other people feel, you know, comfortable and make other people feel, you know, that, it's it's okay to not be the fucking status quo. Do you know what I mean? And realistically, the, the status quo isn't anything because you know, you know. Let's be totally honest here. You know, a lot of people are hiding because they're feared of what people are going to say if they come out or anything. Yeah, there is still a lot of fear, and there is still a lot of hate. Mm. And I think the new, the new generation, little Gen Z, is going to blow that shit out of the water. To be honest, they're there's more queer people that have come out now than there ever has been. And it's because they're talking about it. They're, they're giving people answers to the questions they were too afraid to ask before. And people are just much more comfortable uh, coming to terms with who they are. And they have the words for it. They have the vocabulary to announce it. Whereas before, nobody knew that they could say that they were non-binary. They didn't know the word. Yeah. They didn't know the word for trans. They didn't know the word for lesbian. Like, so now they do. And they're able to say it. Do you think or do you find that there seems to be across sort of the Northern Irish music scene, um, there seems to be a really strong and really positive attitude of like representation of like LGBT and other sort of underrepresented groups in the mu- a lot of the music coming out of the scene? Do, is that something that you see or that you think is very strong in the scene at the minute there? there's a few bands um i think the scene that i'm in that i associate with and that i consider myself to be a part of uh most of them have something to say there is a whole separate section of people who i don't really know about um and they're just doing their thing as well um but I certainly think the ones that, like, you, you guys are probably within the same sort of circles that I'm in, um, like Problem Patterns and Cherim and, yes. like, you know what I mean? Like, fucking absolute babes singing absolute tunes. Like, we, you know we, what I mean? We had Cherim on as one of our first, wasn't it, Skews? Yeah, one of yeah, our yeah. first episodes, actually. We had the ladies on, again, um, over Zoom, like yourself. I think they were in Derry at the time. And uh, it was gas. It was gas to have them on. Do you know what I mean? It, and obviously, again, they've released some really great new stuff as well. So, I, you know, I'm glad that there is that that you know that that driving in, in, in you. you know drive within you know the same across the north. Do you know what I mean? I think that we have a very very unique thing here. But anyway, I'm going to stop talking shit and I'm going to ask you a few more questions because we're here to listen to you and not to me. I'm a ta- I'm a talking head with no talent. Do you know what I mean? So, um, <coughs> excuse me. So your latest EP was recently released, Boys, Boys, Boys. What inspired this sort of body of work? Because when I was listening to it, you know, the songs are, you know, 
all and to me quite different. Do you know what I mean? Quite different sounding. So what was the influences that sort of, you know, drew you to bring this together? Um, so I took a break of about a year uh, because my mother passed away and I didn't really feel like performing or writing or anything. Um, but then at one point it came at the, towards the end of the year off. It was like, oh, I, I think I have something to say again. Mm-hmm. And I, <clears throat> I went on to write these songs and I sort of used my, my synths and a bit of guitar to write them. And I kind of just, I think it was a year of pent up emotions that just sort of fell out in these four songs. And that's why they felt like they happened so quick, but they didn't. They were brewing for over a year. I just didn't know. Mm. And so I got them out and I uh, messaged Johnny Woods from Winona Bleach and was like, do you want to work with me on these? Uh, And I sent him the demos that I had made. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. So we went up to his studio. it was the first time that I felt like in control of the music that I was making right? because I was able to produce it myself with the very tender love and care of Johnny uh, and the guidance of Johnny without him. I would have just drowned, I think. So it was, it was a, it was a lovely cathartic experience to get those songs done, I think. Yeah, it, 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 it's a brilliant, it really is like it's a brilliant EP, I'm not going to lie. And, you know, the song for me that stands out, like I love Daughter, do you know what I mean? Like not only, <clears throat> pardon me, not only is the song fucking brilliant, again, the music video, do you know what I mean? And it's to me, the music video is very reminiscent of Paris is Burning, do you know what I mean? Like it's it, that sort of documentary style, you know, the, the, the drag houses and the drag shows. And, you know, firstly, what influenced the song? And secondly, um, the, the the video as well. Like, how did like it, it? Obviously, was very layered, very multi-layered. Do you know what I mean? So, did it take long to shoot? Um. So the the lyrics and the song in general is just like things that my my mommy has said to me in the past. There's some of them things are direct quotes. Mm-hmm. Um. It's also like just me saying. It's fucking grand. Like you'll be fine. You'll find your family if your own family don't accept you. You will find your family because I found a whole separate family. Not that mine didn't accept me. Mine are very, very accepting, and I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. But I did gain gain this extended family, and the video is that. The video is was shot over. I don't know three, four years and it's it's nice out with with my friends, um, the queer scene that nobody really sees. And just like all those events were in Belfast, um, except for a couple which were in Derry. Uh And it's just me and my friends videoing uh, everything. And I asked for uh, everyone, if they were videoing anything that they wanted to send to me, 
the Dirt Landscape and Audrey filmed some of the stuff in Derry while we were living there. Just it's a collection of nights out and just what gay people actually do. Like not yeah. like it's not this big like secret flamboyant world. It's sometimes it's just let's have a pint. Yeah, let's just fucking chill out and have and have a drink like everybody else does. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I thought I just yeah. I, I I really just loved the footage of the shows. Do you know what I mean? I thought not only were they, were they brilliant in general, but just even the way it was edited. Do you know what I mean? The way it was edited together in the shots, like obviously your interest in film, it was just shining through there. Do you know? Um, it, just before I go on to ask you more questions about your music in terms of film, are you do you, do you have you anything in the pipeline? Or are you working anything in terms of like? short films or, or documentary or anything like that i have got a short in that's coming um oh right it i have not spoke about this at all uh we'll not we'll not, we'll not, yeah, we'll not yeah, yeah we'll not put you under pressure if it's you know if you're keeping no it's not i'll not say anything i'm not allowed to uh but <laughs> it's it's for a collection of work mm-hmm. that i have been working on and I've cast it, and I have the music ready. I just have to film, which is the hard part at the minute because of COVID, uh, but still ready to go. And I got funding for some of the equipment from the University of Atypical, and that like helped me out unbelievably because otherwise it would have been shot on borrowed something i don't know <laughs> where i would where i would borrow it from but i'm assuming i would have had to but it was and it's all like accessible and like easy to use stuff as well so they helped me out to get all that um and i'm very excited i've never shot anything over well like three and a half minutes or whatever however long a, a music video is yeah um and I'll be working with uh, my partner, Audrey, Leslie, and my friend, Megan Doherty. So that will be fun. Happy days. I hope. I'm forward to seeing that. Yeah, it sounds pretty mean? cool. Is there any sort of, obviously, as you said, COVID and stuff, is there any sort of projected or, again, if you can't say, like sort of re- when, you can, that, when we could expect that? Absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I can. Yeah. Literally, as soon as I just can get it done. Mm-hmm. Another track in the EP, I just want to ask about um, Love You Anyway. Uh, it's to, to me, to us, we sort of chatted about this. It was, it's like sort of track about sort of loving someone or something, regardless of their flaws. Would that be right? And if so, like, where does that song come from? Is it is it about here? Is it about a specific experience or is it something else entirely? Yeah, that song's actually kind of a love letter to Northern Ireland. Okay. Um, I wrote it to sort of show that I think everybody who lives here who's a creative wants to go they want to leave and like do something in a a big city somewhere far away where the rent's 2000 a month for one bedroom (laughs) and they just want to just go and do it and I've had that feeling Mm. but there's always that thing that like holds you back where it's like, no, stay and make it better. Like, make here better. Do the thing here. Do that big thing that you want to do here. Use the resources here. And that's what me and uh, my partner decided to do. 
we decided to put down roots here and do whatever whatever we had to do here um, because the place deserves a chance. It deserves it deserves a bit of hope. And if all the artists leave, then it's just going to go to shit. Yeah. Not that it's great at the minute because there's literally petrol bombs being flew police outside right now. But yeah, the only guys are. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the only thing we can do is stay and try and make it better. Yeah. Very admirable. And in yeah. in that in that same vein, the the music video. Obviously, it's like features footage from, you know, various you know friends and loved ones, and it's sort of added again, and it has that same sort of layered aspect to the track itself. Is that does that to tie into that idea to show all the different angles of here and like maybe the sort of the beauty of all of it or what it could be sort of thing? Yeah, well, I got videos from everywhere. I I put out a thing on Instagram and was like, send me your things. So. I got stuff from uh, Brazil, uh, New York, the United States in general. Um, I don't know anywhere in America. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> very bad at geography. Um, got some stuff from Australia, Derry, Belfast, <laughs> the from, usual. From all over. Um, but we got stuff. Yeah, we got stuff from all over the world in a sense, um, which was really cool. I wasn't expecting it. Um and I was, I was the one that was sort of left to screen it, pick out the best bits and edit it together. Um, but I think it came out okay. I just had to do that filler part where it was me singing by myself uh, in the living room, when literally to my phone. Oh, to, and, the, and your cat <laughs> walked across the screen. <laughs> yep. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> loved it. I loved it. But no, it, it was a really, it really, really was. It was a lovely, uh, I, I enjoyed that video because, <clears throat> pardon me, in, in because obviously we're in COVID times and we're all in this sort of isolation. It was interesting to see, you know, in cases where people, you know, maybe somebody was with their partner, so that's in their bubble or with their, their child or whoever it was or their wee sister or their brother. And that was okay to have their masks off. But then of course there was other people who were maybe walking out with a mask on. So it was, it was, it was, there was a, a jarring aspect of it in the sense that this is like COVID and where we and where we are now, you know. But I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was lovely. And again, a great way to a great slant on it. Do you know what I mean? A great slant on it and different from from your other videos, you know. But I do have I do have a I do have a question to ask you. And I suppose, you know, like you have you have a voice and you have a platform, uh, and people are listening to you. Do you feel that do you feel that weight on you at times, you know, like like being a champion for like, you know, like queer rights or LGBT rights? Do you know what I mean? You know, at times when some of the rest of us don't shout loud enough, do you know what I, do you know what I mean? Do you feel, do you ever feel that there's like a pressure on you to always be beating that drum? I don't, I don't think I would call it a pressure. I, I would more call it a duty mm. because I think even to the like, I don't know, the three people that do listen to me on in the internet um if i i'm a queer person and i'm gonna continually remind people of that fact because if they don't want to listen to me because of that fact then i'd rather they left now than they found out down the line and for anyone who is listening that is queer i i want to make sure they know that 
I'm if I'm screaming about it, they might they don't have to. Like they can just quietly listen or scream along with me if they want to. So it's not really a pressure. It's just something that I feel like I have to do. If you're gonna put yourself out there in general, you you have to you have to make your your presence known. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't ask for this. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask to be a political singer or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, someone else decided that my my life was to become a political issue, and that wasn't my choice. So if you're going to make it a political issue, I'm gonna I'm gonna scream back at you. So that's fucking class to hear. If you want to, if you if if you want to scrap, I'll fucking scrap you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Orblin. Yes. Get stuck in, says you. Get stuck in. Uh, excuse. Yeah, I've just one more off the back of that, and you're probably sick of off the back. Yeah, of that I was going to say, well, off the back of this question, the direction <laughs> of that question. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> to kind of bring it back to the start, as as you said there about like how you sort of you've ended up a political singer because of you know the way other people other people sort of view things and stuff is. Is that an aspect of music, do you think, that is, is that an aspect of music that spoke to you even when you were younger? Like you've said, like, about how listening to your parents' music and how, how there was that influence growing up. Was like protest music and something like that, something that Im- in- impacted or influenced you growing up as well? Or was that something you came to later as well? Well, I suppose it would have, yeah. Um, I've never really thought about it, but obviously I, I, I grew up in quite a nationalist family. And there would have been the the ra song, so to speak. Yes, yeah. For, all, all for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess that they were present within within my household. Um, Christy Moore and what do you call them, my boys? Uh, Wolf Tones or uh, the Furies and people. Like yeah, that. Wolf Tone, Plankstay. Oh yes, love Plankstay. Like so. And then it would have been like I grew up. I was I say I'm from Derry because I moved there when I was nine, but I was born in in Divis in West Belfast. All right, right. okay, yeah, yeah. So I was born in 1993. Mm-hmm. Um. Everybody doing math to work out how I look 15, <laughs> but I'm actually 27. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Actually, well, you know, you're only what? You're only a year older than me, and you're still into Sean. Are you 27, 28, Sean? 28. You look like a grander with all this fucking say, gray. I was going to say, on the other side, then I'm, I'm, I'm a year younger. I'm looking about 30 years older. <laughs> brilliant. Well, um, well, I, I, <clears throat> but yeah, when I was growing up, there was like Davis was still under stage or whatever you want to call it and it was there was a british soldier at every gate um so there is still that like i don't know trauma or whatever like of every ceasefire baby sort of feels the the tail end of it you you don't know what happened but you know it was fucking bad mm. i I, and, I call it the troubles hangover yeah and I that's think, a good that's a good way to describe it yeah, and it's 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 sadly a hangover that we can't get rid of, or we haven't got rid of yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because as soon as the 
soon as the riot started uh, there, what was it, like four days ago or something? I, can't even, I don't even know how long it's going on. Yeah. Um, but it was like, because I'm, I'm back living in Divis now. Yes. And I, it was like, I could lift in order what was about to happen. Mm. I was like, they're going to go to the peace gate. They're going to try to break the peace gate. <laughs> and it was like, the water cannons are going to come. They're going to start shooting the water cannons. And then they came. And I was like, oh, if this happens again, ah, I, just don't, I, just don't have, I just don't have the time. Yeah. I just, I just can't deal with no. it being 1969 again. No. Not no. that I was there. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're all, we're all in the same boat. Like, we're just like, lads, come on here. No, we can't with this fucking, nobody wants this shit again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose moving away from that and sort of coming towards the end because we've I, th- I feel that we've really been <laughs> been at you here with some of these questions. So I mean, look, we've all been in a we've been a pandemic here for just over the guts of a year. Um, how have you been? How's your head been? Rough, to be honest. Um, I'm working from home. I have minimal human contact. Yeah. Uh, my my partner's here and uh just been it's been rough and then when when anything does happen while you're in lockdown like if something bad happens it hits you a hundred times worse because you you've no way to shake it off yeah so i suppose it's been the same for everybody and it's it's a nightmare and it's all right to say that it's a nightmare without a doubt doubt. we'll be we'll be grand on the other end of it hopefully Mm -hmm. whenever the other end is but I've just been trying to get creative, but also not put too much pressure on myself to get creative. Yeah. See where the where the days take me. Try not to drink too much alcohol. <laughs> That's so easier said than done. Working. That's easy. It's <laughs> easier said. Yep. Than done. <laughs> um, you know, I moved home and like I would be big enough drinker anyway i moved home and it's 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 actually got worse than i've been home <laughs> do you know what i mean and that's saying something yep. you know? <laughs> um but yes geez just on then the the idea of like trying to be more creative what is what does the future hold what are the plans for the remainder 2021 or next year or what are you working on if you can if you can divulge i'm currently just trying to write songs and get them finished uh, even if it's because normally I'd be able to go straight into the studio and uh, just flash them out and get the final product and hold it for as long as I needed to. But now I'm, I'm finding that um, I have a collection of demos that are just sitting there waiting to be produced. And I think that's the hardest part because I just can't, I can't, I can't get them done and I just want to get them done. So I don't know when, I don't know what the rules are, when the rules change. I have no idea what, what's going on, but I feel like Studios are allowed to open soon, mm-hmm. but I don't know when. Okay. So as soon as that happens, I'm straight in and going to get these all recorded to hopefully be released at some point. Happy days, mm-hmm. happy days, happy days. Well, I suppose, excuse, we're, we're, we've come to the quick fire questions. We have come to the quick fire questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to? So we, we asked <laughs> we asked four quick fire questions um, and they're just a bit of crack, just, you know, for whatever it is. Um, now, the first question, excuse, is or the first question we ask everybody is um, 
if you were a drink, alcohol or otherwise, what would you be? Now, for context. For context. Excuse. We need a different, we need a new example. Well, they, they, well it's, it's, Susie doesn't know the example. Yeah, yeah but I'm just saying. Okay. Right. So the example basically that we always give is uh, Jack <laughs> is a pint of Guinness. And that is because uh, he is an acquired taste and people pretend to like him. <laughs> um, so, you know, something along those lines. <laughs> Okay, <clears throat> and Americans have a wee bit of them just to see the crack. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. we, we have a new example. We have a new example. We have a new example. So, Susie, first question. If you were a drink, alcohol or otherwise, what would you be? Uh, beer, because... Uh... <laughs> go on, go on, go on, go on. Go on, go on, go on. Because lesbians love me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Loving it, loving it, loving it. Um, if, <laughs> if you could have a super fire, any super fire, what would it be and why? What would you do with it? Oh, I'd be able to just fall asleep whenever I wanted to. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, that would be good. <laughs> that's different. That's never heard that before. Um, oh, that'd be good. <laughs> if you could go on a date with anybody in the world, living or dead, who would it be? Uh, Joan Jett. Oh, shout, shout, shout. One. I love rock and roll. Um, and excuse, final one. And finally, if if the lockdown ended right this second, where would you be out that door to? Oh, Sandino's. <laughs> good answer, good answer, good answer. Brilliant. Well, I suppose that's us. Um, Susie Blue, can you tell the people, whoever is listening, where can they find you? Where can they find your music, your content, your stuff? What's the crack? I am on all the normal ones. Uh Susie is spelled S-U-S-I-E. Blue is spelled like the color. Spotify, Deezer, I don't know what that is. Uh, <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, the other ones. TikTok, but I'm not telling you my TikTok name, so. <laughs> we'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Susie, thank you very, very much uh, for coming on chatting to us. Of course, anybody that's listening that hasn't already, you can go and like us on the Facebook page and on the Instagram page called You Ain't Heard Nothing Yet. You can also go and find some of Sean's commentary on uh, film and uh, theatre productions at the Pro- Project Sean Ist. Yep. And uh, of course, this has been Jack and Sean, and you've been listening to. You ain't heard Nothing Yet. 